Hello all you wonderful people out there. I'm Dr. Aparna Santhanam. I'm a dermatologist, a writer and a women's wellness activist. I'm delighted to welcome you to this podcast Her Sehat on Times of India. And I'm Dr. Suchitra Dalvi. I am a gynecologist and have been working on issues of women's health and rights. The topic that we're discussing today is an important one for everyone, but especially so for women, chronic pain. Chronic pain is pain that lasts for more than 6 months. Uh you know even after the original injury has healed and sometimes even without uh, the presence of any specific injury and it can last for years and range from mild to severe on any given day. So uh what do you think uh, Aparna why do you think women are more prone to it? I think you know there's a couple of reasons Chitra one is you know physiologically women are responsive to pain in a different way from men. Secondly I think when it comes to seeking healthcare and seeking health for yourself women are much slower to seek health and therefore many situations when they remain acute actually end up becoming chronic before you go to the doctor and pain itself there are so many women specific causes for pain which don't exist in men that many of these end up becoming chronic in fact there's a long list of gynecological conditions uh, themselves which uh, can lead to chronic pain and often i think are not taken seriously enough or don't get diagnosed uh, and treated rather quickly uh, for example something like say endometriosis or pelvic inflammatory disease or fibroids um, you know painful periods and and the whole situation uh, around that but also other situations like say chronic back pain fibromyalgia uh, you know uh, repeated migraines uh, often tend to get filed under uh, you know women's conditions uh without necessarily going in depth into the diagnosis and therefore the treatment so i think women as you said quite rightly are particularly vulnerable to chronic pain and yes apart from all those important conditions you mentioned the big c or cancer itself so many different kinds of cancers present as pain in women and are again often disregarded but to me what is really important is the burden of this pain you know on women and because of the contribution of women to society eventually on society as a whole the burden of this pain is not just physical it's mental it's emotional and most importantly it's financial because even with something like periods women use so many days off work because they can't get to work because of this intense period pain and in fact i wasn't able to find any specific statistics for india but uh, in the us i believe they say chronic pain affects an estimated 100 million people in the us which is more than the total number diagnosed with diabetes cancer and heart disease combined so it is definitely a public health burden and as you said quite rightly at a personal level as well and um, you know the financial burden of course is an important one but uh, it definitely takes a toll on people in terms of their mental and emotional health as well because there's constantly this state of anxiety um there is a sense of you know uh, discomfort at not being taken seriously enough or you know people saying things which is kind of like you know maybe you're malingering maybe you're trying to get out of something maybe it's all in your head uh, so i think the way the system treats women as a whole uh, has a greater impact on women suffering from chronic pain suchi you know i did come across two indian studies both done in 2018 on chronic pain one was done by the indian journal of palliative care and published in it which had basically interviewed almost 4326 respondents and they found that the incidence of chronic pain was almost 9.3% but much higher in women to an extent of 25.2% and this was again backed up by another study done in a primary health center somewhere in central india near madhya pradesh 
where they surveyed 1674 people coming to the primary health center and almost 26.93% of them had chronic pain and when it came to women the percentages rose above 30 and the surprising thing for me was that chronic pain the age group was between 21 and 60 for women and steadily increasing over 65 for men so i thought these were two pertinent studies that we could discuss and when we come to malingering which we spoke about i'd just like to define it for the benefit of our audience malingering is defined as the intentional production of false pains or grossly exaggerated physical symptoms in order to avoid either some external problem like being drafted for a war or having to do some work or some emotional gain which the person might get and there is an understanding amongst doctors which is unsubstantiated by any research that malingering is higher in women while the only study that was done actually shows that it's higher in men and i think that's part of the whole uh, you know systematic gaslighting uh, and to explain the word to our listeners you know gaslighting is a kind of psychological manipulation where you're told your experiences aren't real and it is a form of power and control which one can see in interpersonal or professional relationships but also i think the medical system as a whole tends to dismiss or disregard uh, what women are experiencing uh partly because of of course the inherent misogyny you know where the assumption is that women are um more more hysterical or prone to uh, more emotional outbursts and shouldn't be taken seriously whereas men are seen as these strong stoic creatures so if they complain of pain then you know definitely it means something so what really bothers me about malingering is that the only published study actually says it's slightly more in men but even when i talk to my male colleagues everybody believes that women come in with nothing at all and they endlessly yammer on about pain pain and pain so i'm just wondering what we can do to change this kind of perception amongst doctors that women tend to malinger maybe the problem needs to be approached in in multiple ways you know one is of course the women need to be uh, more empowered and more capable of asserting uh, you know the the reality of their experience uh i think definitely doctors need to be trained in greater empathy and sensitivity uh though you know doctors will always sort of um, have the excuse of shortage of time you know not being able to spend so much time with someone whose treatment is clearly not going anywhere but i think it's also an important role to play be played by say mass media or social media uh, which articulates these uh, perspectives and makes it very clear that there are chronic pain situations which are not easy to diagnose but still need to be taken seriously I'm zeroing in on your point on doctors and empathy Suchitra and I think it's important to have empathy training for doctors right from the beginning of our careers in MBBS but right now I'd like to offer some tips to the listeners in terms of how to combat and address chronic pain the first is know your body well and identify your pain early pain lasting for more than 3 weeks is defined as chronic pain by medicine but my advice is any pain that lasts more than 2 weeks should ring alarm bells and immediately go see a doctor while many of us avail holistic remedies as well as you know um, other remedies to control pain it's important to understand the diagnosis is the starting point and therefore go see a doctor get a diagnosis before you indulge in any other pain alleviation methodologies and last and most important for me is don't become a pill popper uh pain alleviation pills have lots and lots of side effects starting from just acidity to as much as kidney and liver damage and even worse you could become dependent on the pills and never be able to get off them so do keep a watch out and don't pop pills unless it's under medical supervision you're right you're absolutely right and i think all women's health issues uh you know women need to be more aware uh, of what the situation is like and uh, i think with greater access to the internet 
uh, although of course that can have its its downsides i think it's much easier to uh, you know we we've all had those google patients who come in with these 20 printed sheets but uh, i think it's important for women to recognize and take seriously their own situation because very often women get trapped in the cycle of you know um, repetitive unpaid caregiving in which they feel the burden of responsibility for all other family members to such an extent that they will ignore their own health including in situations and you would have also experienced that where even in something like cancer uh, they come very late because they've just been taught to you know constantly ignore their chronic pain and chronic pain really can mean a range of things right from nail infection to cancer so uh, i think it's important for us to talk to someone today who's actually experienced this in terms of acknowledging her pain seeking help for cancer and yet talking about it openly so i'm delighted to welcome lisa ray a supermodel and an actress and a wonderfully outspoken brave woman who's battled cancer right from the beginning of her career and she speaks about it openly and fearlessly in a new book close to the bone hi lisa we're delighted to have you on the show tell us a little bit about your journey from a supermodel to this inspiring book you've written close to the bone and all the ups and downs that you have encountered i can start by saying that i am an introvert by nature and uniquely unsuited to the profession that i'm identified with in front of the camera i always wanted to be a writer and you know it feels very fulfilling and satisfying that i'm finally now uh, a writer slash mummy of course you can hear probably my daughters in the background and that sort <laughs> of the, you know that's that's the life that we are all embracing right now but um yeah so i call myself an accidental actress because i literally was spotted in india by accident i never planned on being in front of the camera i was very very shy but on top of that even though i was spotted by maureen wadia and i ended up shooting for her i still sort of brushed it off as uh, a sort of a one off incident and were it not for a very very tragic car accident that my family and i were involved in i would definitely not have returned to india so you know i mean life really is a, a very very interesting travelogue for me i call it the travelogue of the soul uh my my book close to the bone and i have lived a a life i would say um where i combine instinct impulse my heart and of course there is a rational part of my approach as well because there is a part of me that has always known that i wanted to live a life very close to the bone as you could say a life of emotions live close to the bone and a life where i am partaking of every single experience that comes my way that i was very clear about i never wanted a conventional life i never wanted say a mortgage i never wanted to get married i never wanted the a very easy sort of a lifestyle i always wanted to be able to swallow life and squeeze the juice out of it and uh, that i would say is probably um you know for, by those metrics i am a success and uh, that was my intention that's what i set out to do of course you know life took its own trajectory and when after i was diagnosed with multiple myeloma in 2009 that really harkened a new phase of my life that is where i finally found my feet and my voice and you might say also i um I embraced my own narrative. I mean for so long other people had projected their 
perceptions of who I was onto me. And I finally decided after cancer to stand in front of people and say, this is who I am. You think you know who I am, but this is who I am. And that was the journey of taking all the different threads and the different versions of myself uh, back and owning it. And I guess that close to the bone is sort of a product of being able to stand there and 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 own my own narrative. And uh, finally, as as a woman, stand and feel very confident in my skin and be able to tell people who I am and not have other people tell me who I am. Uh, we actually wanted to unpack uh, just one of the strands of that narrative in this conversation and specifically talk to you about the issue of chronic pain, uh, you know, particularly related to the cancer diagnosis. Uh, Aparna and I have been discussing how the pain felt by women particularly is often disregarded. Uh, by themselves, by the people in their lives, and also by the medical profession. So do you have any insights to share from your journey through, uh, through cancer about this? You know, I think primarily, first of all, whether you're dealing with uh, an issue of chronic pain and uh, it being dismissed, whether it's a serious illness, whether it's symptoms, whether it's mental health issues, I think primarily the symptoms have to be acknowledged by the individual first, even before it is being taken seriously by the world. And in my case, what happened is I ignored my symptoms for many, many years, I would say. And I think that that was a matter of conditioning. I think as women, we tend to put ourselves last. You know, I wasn't married when I was diagnosed. I didn't even have children, but I still tended to dismiss my wellness and put it on the back burner. I had been conditioned in such a way, both by my profession. You know, I, I've been on my own since I was 16. I was used to managing my life. I'm used to grueling schedules. And I'm used to also putting on this bravado. You know, if I was ill on a set, uh, a doctor would be called to the set. They'd give me an injection and I would continue working, you know, even though I was burning up with fever. We are often lauded for that. We are celebrated for that. But it's actually foolishness. So I was used to actually ignoring the symptoms and the signals that my body was sending me. And that almost literally led to my tragic end. So I'm a big uh, cheerleader of saying, tune in, listen to yourself, develop a relationship with yourself primarily first. Because when you're tuned into your body and then you sit in front of a medical professional, even though I do realize that a lot of medical professionals are very dismissive of women's symptoms, if you know unconditionally that there is something wrong in your body and you advocate on your behalf, eventually you will find someone who will listen to you. But I also wanted to ask you that battling chronic pain and chronic illness itself can be both physically, mentally and also emotionally draining. Can you share some tips with our listeners as to how to battle this? I can't definitively say that I'm battling chronic pain because I'm not. I'm battling chronic fatigue perhaps as a result of the um, lifelong medication that I have to be on. I'm not battling chronic pain. I did experience of course pain in various points of my life and even certain points of my cancer journey. But I will say that in terms of my journey back to health, and my journey back to wellness, let's say, I, first of all, I put myself first. I tend to, even as a mother, do a detox three times a year, three or four times a year. I set aside everything. 
I have a very supportive partner. But regardless of that, to be honest, I would still really fiercely fight for my right to be able to put my wellness first at least a few times of the year. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, meditation, yoga, all of these incredible supportive um, non-allopathic therapies are brilliant in supporting one, one's body, mind, and spirit. Because ultimately, I think that pain is, as much as it's in our body, it is also in our minds. And that our, a clear, calm mind will help to gain perspective. It will give us certain techniques of being able to create some space between ourselves and the pain. So I think that meditation is extremely fundamental for everyone. And particularly in this, I would also say that, you know, looking at, uh, for instance, um, uh, TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, uh, acupuncture is very, very effective also in alleviating chronic pain and uh, and exercise as well. But because I myself am not living with chronic pain, I'm far from an expert in dealing with it. Um, I was wondering uh, whether you could share also with our listeners, besides, of course, the very important tip that as women, we need to prioritize ourselves, understand our own bodies and recognize and speak up, be our own best advocate. How can we um, help someone who's going through chronic pain? Like, how can we be the support um, either as a family or as a society to someone who's dealing with chronic illness, even if not, uh, you know, chronic pain? What I'm a big fan of... Um is presence, is lending presence. It isn't always about finding a solution. I mean, of course, I do believe that there are, as, as I expressed, there's a combination of allopathic and, uh, and alternative, so-called alternative therapies. You know, integrative medicine, I think, is very, very promising when you're dealing with chronic conditions, whether it's a serious chronic disease, like multiple myeloma, which I'm living with, or it's chronic pain. Um, I think that there's a lot of uh, very, very promising therapies out there. But we know one of the worst things we can do, I believe at least, is, you know, sit with someone and say, come on, yeah, get over it, you know, or come on, let's look at this, or come on, let's look at that. And, you know, um, sort of, I guess, aggressively offer solutions and therapies to someone who is struggling, perhaps go and watch a movie, perhaps, you know, have a conversation about something else. I realized that when I, I was going, you know, I'm relating this back to my own personal cancer journey. I didn't always want to talk about cancer. I didn't want somebody's pity. I didn't want to always talk about, you know, <laughs> solutions. I wanted to, you know, maybe sometimes forget for a while. It's been such a pleasure to get a glimpse into your journey for us. I just wonder if there's any last words you want to leave for our listeners. So I think that obviously paying it forward, you know, if we're struggling with pain and we have found a solution, we should be able to pay it forward and share those stories with someone else. And uh, I wanted to thank you for, you know, maybe, you know, allowing me to share tiny little humble insights that I've gained along the way. Thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us today and sharing your experience and wisdom, both from the head and the heart.
So that was a very interesting and insightful conversation we just had with Lisa. And uh, I was wondering if you had any health mantra for us to close this episode with Aparna. Yes, Suchitra, absolutely. And to me, the health mantra of today is just be there. And that was emphasized by Lisa as well. Be there for ourselves. Be there to tune in with our bodies. Be there for anyone else who may be going through a chronic pain or a chronic illness situation, not necessarily to provide solutions, but just to be there and provide support. That is the health mantra of the day. So that's it from us today, folks. You can write to us on the Times of India Facebook page or ping us on the Times of India Twitter handle. Stay healthy in mind, body and spirit till we meet again on our next episode of Her Say Health.